TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to The One Minute Mindfulness Show with Vicki Kelly and Natalie McIver. This is The One Minute Mindfulness Show where we explore the awesome power of paying attention and mindfulness plus some everyday ways to strengthen your mental muscle to reduce stress, to increase life enjoyment, increase your energy and transform how you choose to live, to love, to parent and to serve. I'm Vicki Kelly. And I'm Natalie McIver. Welcome to our show. Wow, this is our... We're back for another show, Natalie, which is very exciting and the feedback has been incredible, particularly around that three-second kiss that, that you uh, <laughs> had to bring up, didn't you, in the intro show because you loved it so much. I know, I know, I know and everyone should be practicing three-second kisses every day. Well, they're all out there and they're practicing three-second kisses and, and what I am so excited about is we are transforming and saving marriages and relationships all over the online world. Woo-woo, bring so more of that on. Bring more of that on because we're, we are wired to connect with uh, one other very special person and too often what occurs uh, as a direct result of our mindlessness and our inability or reducing capacity to pay attention, we forget how important that significant other is in our life and as soon as we can pay attention even just for a moment through the pause through the three second kiss through something like eye gazing even when we can just pay attention for a moment we're reminded reminded of how important that significant other person is in our world and how much uh, they offer us in terms of uh, exchange so it's it's very exciting so that's been the great feedback the other feedback was around breath and the breathing and noticing tongues and things like that so I thought first up we could just run through the breathing technique or a breathing technique we talked about breathing in deeply and breathing out slowly and essentially that is the cornerstone so it's a nice deep breath in and what you can do to open up that diaphragm area and and really get your breathing coming from um, your diaphragm and your and your tummy is as you breathe in just imagine pulling your elbows down to the ground you're pausing at the top of that breath and then slowly breathing out and when we slowly breathe out that activates the parasympathetic wing of our nervous system and as we talked about last week that cools off that sympathetic overload that adrenal um, heated up adrenaline driven system which many of us are so often exist in for too much of our days where you know a sympathetic dominant so it's a nice deep breath in imagining elbows being pulled to the ground natalie's doing it as we speak and i know that she's going yes my stomach sticks out as as i do that pausing at the top and then a nice long slow breath out did you do that, Natalie? How was it? I did. I was almost asleep. So thank you for that little recheck. <laughs> and, you know, when you when you practice these, because we connect like this at the beginning of the shows with each other, um, when you connect in that space and do it often enough, you, you'll have a physical feeling of your in your head and in your body that you've actually quietened and calmed down into a different space. And it's that space you were talking about in our show last week where we can make better choices from. Because we're not in reactive behaviours, our emotions moved out of the way and we're able to connect from a clear space that's not full of busyness and rushingness and distraction. 
Exactly. When we're mindful, we just naturally make better choices and we don't, we don't need to force it. We don't need to exert our willpower. And willpower is one of the predictors of so many things in terms of successes across all areas of our lives. And we'll be talking about that in later shows. Willpower is fatigues very quickly. And that's why many of us, and particularly women, we're really good with things like eating in the morning. And then in the afternoon, we tend to sweetie treaty out or you know not as effective in the afternoon and by the evening we're inhaling the contents of the fridge if that's our pattern or tendency it's because our willpower muscle can be uh, is fatigued and depleted when we're exercising our mental muscle and strengthening our capacity for mindfulness we just naturally make better choices and we don't have to exert that willpower and use up all of those stores. So that's very exciting. So we're breathing well. We're three-second kissing and hugging all over the online planet. Uh, We're noticing where our tongue is and allowing it to sit gently behind our teeth. And today we're talking about one of the, what I believe is endangering all of our minds, but particularly our young people's minds. And it's not just me. It's it's now uh, a condition out there, which is in our mental health diagnoses books, and it's called nomophobia, Natalie. What on earth is that? <laughs> well, it's the anxiety that occurs, the real anxiety occurs, that occurs in the system, in our bodies, when we don't have access to our devices and particularly our smartphones. Have you ever been in the situation where you've driven, you know, you've gone away to the shops and You've gone, I haven't got my phone and you have that little burst of anxiety of what if somebody calls or, and it might, you might only be going for half an, half an hour, but that is essentially the condition called nomophobia. So we're going to explore that today. And Natalie and I were talking outside the show and you were talking about you have become uh, or joined the Mac family lately. I have, I have. And while that has been exciting and powerful and and freed up many hours of my time working with such fast technology, what I've realized is in the past when I didn't have devices where I could, no smartphones and access um, anything to do with the internet, Facebook or my emails, banking, etc., um, I, end of the day was finally the end of the day. I'd walk away from the computer and that would be it. And then it was very exciting when I got all this new technology, which meant that I could leave the office and access all of that. And then I realized I was, it was just like, well, this is going to make my life so much easier. This is fabulous. And it did. And then I watched myself become what I had always criticized my kids and partner for doing, being attached to their devices all the time. Yeah. Hmm, I might just check and see if there's any messages for that. And I'm, and now I realize there's a name for it. I don't want to be that. <laughs> no, you don't want to be a nomophobic. I don't. I don't and it's, indeed. It's amazing how quickly we can become very addicted without even knowing it to our devices. And there's lots, there's lots of layering reasons for that. And every time, you know, it's, it's another distraction. It's another way that we can distract ourselves from being and paying attention to the task at hand. Even more than that, though, it's, it's one of, you know, one of the downsides. There's so, there's many upsides of technology and I'm not here to say let's, you know, remove technology from our lives. It, it is a requirement. And as we um, expand our consciousness, it, it's going to, technology is going to expand at, at, I mean, it's expanding already at a a rate that is unimaginable. We have to get better at being in command of 
this technology rather than allowing it to seduce us into this mindless state of addiction. And it's, it's really uh, incredible talking with the researchers out there, some of the behavioral scientists on how, how the use and the constant use of these devices are endangering our, our minds and particularly that of our young people. But even more than that, because our world is becoming so automated, the, the human interface, which is so important to connection and to procreating and to uh, our ability to be able to communicate, that interface is reducing all the time as we, as we shop online, as we socialize online, as we text instead of talk, as we don't maintain eye contact when we're with people because we're too busy scanning our devices. We also, and that's in a, a human exchange point of view. The other side of that is that we don't get to hang out with our emotions because we don't have to anymore. You know, we, we can sit on the couch or, or be waiting in a line or um, moving around the supermarket where we used to be able to just be in the experience. Now, if we feel a, a little emotion coming on board, we can scan the, uh, the book of face to see how many likes we got to that last status. We can text someone just to make a connection so that we can get this thing called a little endorphin hit so that we don't have to um, ruminate or be with our emotion that doesn't feel right. We don't have to be alone. Uh, so there's there's a number of, of facets and layers that are the, the drawbacks of being so connected. It's fantastic on some level to be so connected, but on another level, it's it's reducing our capacity for being able to pay attention. It's reducing our ability to be um, empathetic human beings. You know, we, we talk about being able to communicate and yes, you can communicate with so many people. However, now, you know, you might have, it, it's, it's all about how many followers you've got or how many friends you've got on Facebook. Most of those people you don't even know. Mm. You know, I can stalk my Facebook friends at a distance and they don't even know I'm doing it. <laughs> So what's our payoff then? Why, why do you think we're, is it just that technology is shiny and pretty and it's fast and we want what everyone else has? What's our payoff that, that we're becoming a society who are living connected to all these devices all the time and allowing our young children to? Because, you know, when we were growing up, we didn't, we didn't have all of these toys and gadgets. We were outside playing. So what, what are we getting out of this? Correct. The payoff is immediate gratification. So we, we can be gratified immediately, which is, which is the, um, the anti, the anti side of self regulation and, you know, delaying gratification. We don't have to delay gratification anymore, which, which strengthens our willpower and strengthens our self control. We can have immediate gratification. And if there's one, if there's one reason not, you know, to, to delay checking your Facebook, or checking you, you know, to see how many um, emails you might have that you can respond to. If there's one reason to delay that as as um, often as you can throughout your day, it's to build your uh, willpower muscle. Because willpower, as I as I mentioned earlier, is one of the major predictors for success and fulfillment. It's a major predictor for uh, longevity. It's a major predictor for relationship, um, 
fulfilling relationships. It's it's a major predictor for academic achievement more so than IQ. So it's self-control is being ripped out of us because we can have immediate gratification through all of our gadgets. But like any addiction, eventually you'll want more. Eventually you'll want more and eventually it takes control. Mm-hmm. So it's – and it's not uh, – Cliff Nass, who's doing a lot of research up at Stanford on device use and how it's rewiring and, and affecting and endangering our brains and particularly that of our young people. And it's not necessarily about removing those from our, you know, those devices from our lives. It's more about, um, commanding the time that we're on it and unplugging ourselves for times so that we can be in our own space without having to reach for the phone or the device or get online or or get those little um, endorphin rushes of that immediate gratification. And even more so than that, one of our one-minute processes out of, out of today's show is that human interface. So we've all been in a situation where you're sitting at dinner and you would have seen it. Uh, in fact, Natalie, you were talking about it. Let, share about the Fiji experience of, well, we don't want to hear about your Fiji experience actually because <laughs> I'm already very envious of that. Share your experience of the device um, addiction and seduction on one of your little tours. Yeah, I was really amazed. We went out sailing on, um, you know, it was an hour and a half sailing trip to, to Tuvua Island and we stayed there all day. Oh, stop it. I know, it was just delicious. So we're on this gorgeous old timber, you know, tall ship type thing, about a hundred odd people on board and probably every third or fourth person was on their devices at some, some time on that sailing ship. And particularly on the way back, I noticed as you know kids are tired they're grumpy they've been out in the sun and in the water all day that getting you know a little fractious a little bored on board you know there was nothing to look forward to except going back to to the mainland they were being handed over the phones the parents phones and they're sitting there playing games and things like that and I thought wow you know part of the the beauty of that sailing trip was that that I had no technology that I just sat in that space and looked at the color like I was really able to be aware of what's what was going on around me and I thought that really surprised me I, you know tips on a sailing boat what are you doing with your phone on a sailing boat you can't be using it for much and that's and you make a great point in that while you've got your head stuck in your device, what are we missing out on? And the number, you know, there's a number of things that we're missing out on. We're missing out on if if I'm sitting at mealtime or on the couch or in in exchange with another human being, and particularly, you know, someone whether it's my one of my children or my significant other or the the level that we're missing out in terms of the human exchange because we have a distraction and part of our attention in our devices is destroying relationships at a rapid pace and it's not enabling us to to get the the real effect of the human connection so we we're losing that at a rapid pace simply because yes we can yes we can connect with a whole lot more people you know, we can we can connect with all 
you know, five billion of our closest friends. However, that person that's standing before you, wanting your attention, and particularly our little people, that person that's standing before you, just asking for you to pay attention, is losing their capacity because you're the model, is losing their capacity to be able to build important, important communication systems like empathy. You know, it's it's through human exchange that we build the empathy capacity. And and so Cliff Nass out of Stanford said if there's one thing that you do around devices is he's got a mantra. His mantra is please look at me while I'm talking with you. And we introduced that into our family because I've got teenage kids who have got devices and I've got devices and I, I know I can be guilty myself of sitting there tapping on the computer or being half on my phone and, and half in, in the conversation with my kids. And we have a mantra now, please look at me while we're talking, while I'm talking with you. And that has made a real difference, a real difference. You know, we don't, we don't have uh, devices at the dinner table. And I know that, you know, if there's one thing you get out of the show, if you could have a, a once a week family dinner together, if we could, you know, reinstate that ritual, that's something that's going to build amazing relationships. You know, we, I believe as, as a generation, we have a real responsibility to rebuild and reconnect people with people. And because we're endangering that at a really rapid, a really rapid rate. And if all we did was, was maintain some eye contact and have that human interface, that human exchange while we're talking with people, that's going to make a real difference out there in the world. And particularly, it's going to um, make a real difference for our f- future generations because if we lose that, we're in a whole lot of trouble. Mm, I've got a four-year-old granddaughter who loves the phones, loves the smartphones, loves the iPad and, is, and loves the television set. So if you ring her during any of those periods of time of the day that she's engaged with her, she just doesn't want to speak to Nanny. She's just yeah. too busy. Yeah. And then when she visits, that's what she wants to play with. Mm-hmm. So, you know, really being aware of, of, you know, explaining why we're going to go to the park, not sit and play on these toys. Or I'll read you a book, um, turn off that cat game, um, and, you know, let's put that down and I'll read you a book again. And, you know, it's there is no resistance from her because she's offered another alternative. It's more about showing her, see how much fun we can have with the book or playing together or talking together or singing a song because all of those other things are one-dimensional. You're not getting anything back on a human consciousness level from a device. All you're getting is that quick fix. Here, I just want to shoot you off an email, and I'm certainly guilty of this myself. I run a really busy business, and for me, um, the the advance of the internet and emails meant that I could throw out 50 emails to people, get it all done before 6 o'clock in the morning, and then come back a few hours later and get their responses and move forward. So that it's Which is another it's another um, invitation for anxiety because guess what? Because, because we want immediate gratification, how annoyed and anxious do we get when we don't get an immediate response to our texts or our um, emails or our, you know, th- we used to have this thing called patience and now because of the, the automated, fast-paced w- online world, we want immediate gratification. I want you to reply to my email immediately. And if you don't within a few hours, why not? Where have you been? And we've actually forfeited the human contact 
in that process because it's just electronic and fast and we're not engaging with people and when you engage with people you're you're you know you feel happier you feel acknowledged you feel respected and and you feel love and all of those fabulous emotions but you also become in a space of creativity because there's feedback there's feedback when you're speaking to somebody about something it's not just your input um going one way and that's exactly right and and we all know that when we're left when we're left to our own devices, no pun intended, but when we're left to uh, ruminate on our own, we tend to be- begin to believe our own stories and build on them and they turn into monsters. And so our our ability to communicate and exchange uh, through verbal cues and body language cues and really notice those builds empathy, builds connection, builds understanding, builds creativity, as you said, and builds in really, really important neural connections. And so when we, when we don't have enough of those, and particularly with our young people, you know, young people are, are, are sponges and, and you talked about your, your little four-year-old grand, uh, niece? Grand, granddaughter. Granddaughter. And th- at four, they... Th- they're just like little sponges, mm-hmm. you know. And we we look at some of the the conditions out there that are, are plaguing our society and costing uh, us on so many levels, not just financially, but socially and uh, in it, through our health. Conditions like obesity, depression, many of these things can be linked back to childhood and not wiring in the importance of play, in the importance of moving, in important, you know, important things like self-regulation, of creativity, of, of being able to um, play and create and use your imagination. You know, you don't necessarily, by watching the TV and being tranced in the TV or being hooked into the iPad, you don't have to use your creativity because somebody else has done it on your behalf. And so we're we're just... We're, we're, we really need to not dismiss these things altogether but reclaim command over our technology and particularly for our young ones. And so, you know, one of the ways we talked about was making sure that we're modelling for our young people and that's certainly an important part that, that Cliff Nass out of Stanford talks about in his research our generation has to model for the next generation about how we're using these devices because if we're not modeling it for them, they're seeing in us what we need to, the way we need to behave around them. So maintaining eye contact, having a mealtime without our devices, there's multiple benefits of that. You know, paying attention to eating has a myriad of benefits in your system, physically, emotionally, chemically, hormonally, paying attention to our uh, eating, the process of eating. For those of you who are our slimmers out there who are wanting to lose weight, you begin to pay attention to what you're eating. Number one, you'll eat less. And number two, the way it assimilates in your system will be a whole lot more effective. And I can guarantee that having worked with hundreds of people on both ends of the eating disorder spectrum, that that one of the number one markers for these people to turn around particularly chronic uh, weight problems was their ability to pay attention. <laughs> oh, what? 
Did you hear that squealing? Yes. <laughs> and there just goes to show that when you do live recording where you want to be mindful and stay present, there will always be somebody having loads more fun outside than you. <laughs> How lovely. At least they're not hooked into the TV. No, they're not. They're, they're perfect timing there to come in and show us what children should be doing, squealing and playing chasey in the background. So that was really cute. Thank you to your children. <laughs> Yes, the, the, the little loved ones out there. And I guess what, I, what I'm hearing too consistently in your message with, the, with mindfulness is these tips and tools that you share with us are like mental sit-ups. They're like exercise for your brain and your physical system where we often spend so much time worrying about our physical bodies. Going to boot camp, running, doing yoga, stretching, doing things to make our physical body look and function better. But for me, I, I feel the value in that, but I see the, the mind, body, and the soul all connected. And all those organs, for want of a better word, need to work collectively together consciousless, consciously and with awareness for every facet of you to be, to be really functional. Yeah, you, you're absolutely right. And the, the great, the great thing about the the body is it's designed to be amazing and and we don't have to think about our heart beating our heart just naturally beats however there is an emotional component of that creates the chemical systems in our body and so that's where when when we're mindful and when we're cooling off that uh, that adrenal system, that just creates a chemical cascade in our system that either supports our system or puts us into stress. And so by strengthening our capacity for mindfulness, by paying attention to the task at hand, by unplugging from what can be anxiety-causing devices, we are helping to synchronize again our system. And when we're in a balanced state and mindful, we can just be a more effective human being. When we can bring the body and the mind together and it's communicating effectively to create homeostasis, so a balance and synchronicity about um, how how we are, who we are, then we just can be a more effective human being across all areas. And, you know, so we've, we've talked about breathing, we've talked about the, the idea of, of maintaining eye eye contact and and not being constantly distracted delaying having to you know delaying the tendency or that little that little feel ab- about wanting to check our devices constantly and leave them at home you know the Le- amount of people i see going for walks and on the beach and and going to the movies and things like that and they're still hooked into their devices like the world will not stop if you don't connect with those devices and those people. Oh, but Natalie, it will. It won't, I promise. (laughs) It didn't when I was in Fiji and I disconnected. It still kept going. And it will take it will take some discipline to begin with, particularly if you're you know, if you if you're the type of person that has that that is or can admit, you know, first first point is awareness. If you can admit that you've got a little addiction to these devices, it will take some discipline. It will take you paying attention and planning to unplug yourself. It will take you paying attention and modeling. You know, we're so quick to judge our kids. Oh, they're always on the phones. And yet, who are they modeling this behavior from? Yeah. It's, it's yeah. us. It's us. And so we need to first and foremost show up and, and face up to the fact that maybe we're, we, have cultivated this um, behavior and this addiction, unplug yourself, 
feel the anxiety of being unplugged. Don't justify it. And, well, I'm a busy, you know, the, the, the constant is, well, I'm a busy person. I have to be connected. Yeah, we, we get that. However, get over yourself. Even if it's for, you know, a, a 10 minutes a day, move your phones from your bed. Those people who sleep with their phones beside their bed, please buy yourself a proper alarm clock and remove your phone, stick it in the fridge. No, not in the fridge. Put it in the <laughs> cupboard overnight in to charge. Get it away from your bed. There is nothing worse for your sleep than hearing the constant bzz, bzz, bzz overnight of things coming in, which is a distraction. Should I check it or it might be important? If they really need to get in contact with you, they will. If they really, if it's an emergency, there will be a way to get into contact with you. That's right, and it's it's just habits, isn't it? We every everything we do, we create habits around. So everything this is not we hard. do, it's just different. We're just going to go and create a new habit here of disconnecting. And it it, it may be hard in the beginning. I have to. I will have to admit, it it may be really uncomfortable and really hard in the beginning. The, the, I've got a, a little mantra around that. You can do things easy and then later they get really hard or you can do things hard now and they become really, you know, your life becomes a whole lot easier later on. It's sort of like, you know, the principle of saving money. It might be hard now. However, in the long run, because of the compounding effect of your discipline, it's easier down the track versus spending your life away now and then it becomes really hard down the track. I know which way I'd prefer to do um, my device thing. Well, I guess as that comes to the end of our show, we've all got some homework to do. So what would be really cool if we all set ourselves to challenge to actually move through this and, and follow these techniques that we've shared today on the show. Give us some feedback on um, the wellness couch and let us know how that's going for you is it hard is it easy how did you get around it how did you uh encourage your children and your partners to to disconnect as well and really look forward to seeing that feedback and seeing what we uncover together yeah please please let us know you know and ironically you're going to be letting us know on on your devices (laughs) (laughs) and there are so many ways that we can stay connected uh on the couch and that's we talked about there are upsides and these are one of the one of the upsides we just need to model behavior and take command over these devices rather than letting them uh seduce and and have command over us so there's so many ways to stay connected make sure you go to our website www.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash mindful you and that's where you're just going to find a growing number of fabulous shows on the couch and you'll join some outstanding contributors who are totally dedicated to supporting you in your wellness adventure wherever you are whether you're a beginner or down the track and if you like this show please go now and post tweet or share it with your online tribe and do go and subscribe to our podcast on itunes so until next time may you live love parent and serve through your connected and unplugged mindful heart this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash the wellness couch subscribe to each show on itunes and check us out on twitter the wellness couch streaming wellness into your lives 
Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.